How do I improve my public speaking skills? How do I build up the courage to speak in front of thousands of people? How do I ensure I don't fumble when I'm speaking and stay confident throughout it all? Today, I am so excited. We have Ramona J. Smith, the world champion of public speaking 2018, joining us. She's here to share all about her journey into polishing up her public speaking and the time and commitment required to become the world champion of public speaking. Stay tuned. You are listening to the Career Path Angel Show, where we talk all about career, business, positive mindset, self-development, and many other fun and exciting topics with one goal in mind, to help new working professionals to fast-track their careers in the corporate world. So what are we waiting for? Let's dive right in. Here is your host, Angel Mary. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Career Path Angel Show. I'm your host, Angel Mary. Today, I'm so excited. I have the world champion of public speaking from 2018 here, Ramona Smith. Before we jump in, I would appreciate if you hit that subscribe button. This podcast is dedicated to talking all about career and business, positive mindset, so much more. Please make sure that you're tuning in, and the best way to tune in is to hit subscribe. Today, Ramona J. Smith is an international award-winning public speaker who holds the prestigious title of the 2018 World Champion of Public Speaking. Born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio, audiences admire her unrivaled ability to capture and connect with individuals from across the globe of all races and ethnicities. Her ebook, A World Champion's Guide to Public Speaking, 10 Optimal Tips to Master the Art of Public Speaking, has sold thousands of copies worldwide. She has given keynote addresses in Dubai, Abu Dhabi, Oman, Qatar, Kuwait, Bahrain, Saudi Arabia, Sri Lanka, Brazil, Malaysia, and India. Ramona has a bachelor's degree in public relations with a minor in marketing from the famed Baldwin Wallace University, graduating magna cum laude. She's currently pursuing an executive MBA at Prairie View A&M University in Houston, Texas. Yes, I can hear you. How are okay, you? Okay, there we go. <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Ramona, welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you on the show. I've been looking forward to this for weeks I first personally got into public speaking, perusing YouTube and coming across inspirational messages and your video of your winning speech was one of the ones that I saw that really had me take that step and go into Toastmasters for the first time. And I just want to hear all about the journey. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here too. Let's inspire some people. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about what motivated you to really want to begin that journey towards perfecting your public speaking skills. I, I'm going to start way back from the very, very beginning. When I was young, like a kid, maybe like five, six, seven, I always loved to perform. I love talent shows. I love being in the choir. I love being on stage. I just love the feeling of people looking at me and me displaying my talents. I always loved that since I was a kid. At family get-togethers, I would love 
creating dance steps and showing it off in front of the family members. So I was never someone who suffered from glossophobia or what we call stage fright. I love being in front of an audience. But for a long time, I didn't know what to do with that as far as professionally. I thought it was just something fun, something to do in drama club or on the debate team or on the poetry club, something just to do extracurricular. I didn't have a point of reference. I didn't know anybody aside from pastors or, or politicians who were giving speeches on a regular basis. But I always had this feeling that I wanted to do it. And, and did you I ever moved do to Los Angeles hmm? as a child? Did you ever do speeches when you were in high school? I did. Absolutely. So I remember in high school, one of the first speeches I gave was I had to give a speech to become the treasurer of the senior class. And so I, I'm pretty sure I got the position because I gave a great speech. So as a kid, Easter speeches, speeches at church, doing little poems and things like that. So yeah, stuff like that. And like, when you have to uh, give like research projects in front of the class, like you, your animal is panda. Give a report on a panda. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. And that those are, the like ty- that. those are the type of situations early on in childhood when you start recognizing you don't have that fear, maybe that other people already are living with. And I come, I totally understand that because I did something similar. The whole way I started public speaking was I was also as a child recognize my father recognized I was three years old I wanted to get up on stage and sing in the singing competition but it was for five and older and I went and begged the president he gave me a microphone and my dad's like she's not scared to be on stage so he's the one who actually started teaching me in in our own um, native tongue Malayalam Malayalam speeches and I was competing as a child similarly to you like your your family really builds that up right right Yep. So um, I, I explored that for a little bit all throughout my, my school age years, high school. And then I started getting, I kind of started to veer off into modeling a little bit. And so I moved out to LA, but I realized like, nah, I like the speaking better. And so I started to try to just get on any platform that I could possibly find. If I'm doing a two minute poem, if I'm introducing someone, whatever I can do to get some stage time, I started doing that. And then my sister was the one who recommended Toastmasters because she had found out about it when she was in college. And she she said, hey, if you really want to do this speaking thing, you need to perfect it. You need to get polished. You need to join Toastmasters. So I found a Toastmasters club in Hawthorne, California. And that's kind of where the journey started with Toastmasters. That's amazing. And when you started, when you first walked in and you you saw the whole outline, I, for me, it started much later in my career. So for you, you walked in and you got it right at the beginning of your career. Oh, absolutely. I was, ooh, I think I was 23, 22 or 23. So I was pretty young getting into it. And I had never experienced it. I had never heard about it before. But, you know, of, of course, now I'm extremely familiar. I'm very familiar. I've been to Toastmasters clubs all over the world. Um, but each club has its own culture. So this particular club was led by a woman named Amy Ayano, and she became my speaking guru is, is what I like to call her. My, uh, my son's Japanese godmother. Amazing. And she was very eccentric and eclectic. And, and the, the club was kind of founded like on drama and dramatics. And so she would start every meeting in like a beautiful kimono and welcome everyone, Toastmasters and guests to the greatest show on earth, you know, something like that. And then when I moved back to my hometown of Cleveland, I joined a corporate club. And so, you know, it's, it's the complete opposite. It's very, very different. Welcome to Toastmasters. A little stuffy, 
but I was able to get the best of both worlds. And then when I moved down to Houston, I joined a new club and it was like a combination of both. So just to be able to be creative and have that uh, artistic uh, aspect in there with the professionalism and the polish, I know that's what helped me and elevated me to become the world champion of public speaking. Yes, yes. And your speech, uh, you did, a, and I highly recommend if you have not yet seen Ramona's speech, go onto YouTube, type in world champion public speaker Ramona Smith, and you will find her winning speech. Still standing, Ramona J. Smith. And you had used the analogy uh, aligning your, your life challenges with a boxing ring. And a boxer. And that was such a beautiful, resonating um, story because I was imagining you in the ring the entire time. And I love that. Life will sometimes feel like a fight. The punches, jabs, and hooks will come in the form of challenges, obstacles, and failures. Yet if you stay in the ring and learn from those past fights, at the end of each round, you'll be still standing. Thank you. Yes, the speech is called Still Standing. And I talked about three rounds, three bouts of the most challenging things that I had to deal with in my life, from marriage to speaking to college. And I just talked about how you have to persevere. You have to have persistence. You got to be resilient. And even if you get knocked down, you got to get back up. Because life's gonna like life is going to knock you down. It's inevitable, but it's not about how you get down. It's about how you get back up. Right, exactly. And you you did it in such a polished way. You were even getting the audience singing along <laughs> to your song, which was awe inspiring for me to watch. When that final bell rings, ding ding ding, the fighters and the coaches will raise their hands in victory, singing, "I'm still standing." Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're still standing. Very nice. That was an electric moment. How did it feel in that moment for you? It was not expected. So let's 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 clear that up. It wasn't something that I knew was going to happen. A lot of people was like, "Did you know that was going to happen?" I'm like, "No." That's why when you see them sing along, I'm like, "Whoa." Very nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that so was exactly just, your reaction. And I was wondering if it was like, I don't know, like, I, you know, you just don't know when you're watching these events, like how, how it's set up. And so people really were into the song. You were, first of all, you have a beautiful voice. So you sang it perfectly in key and everything. And then I, I mean, I wanted to sing along from home watching it on YouTube. So, and it was just a fantastic electric moment. And, and so how was it afterwards? You know, this is a whirlwind, becoming the world champion. Take me, first of all, that moment when you won. What was that like? I didn't, I didn't believe it. It was so surreal because I didn't go in just to win. Of course, anytime you compete in anything, the goal is to win. That's why you practice and prepare and, and go above and beyond. But you are in this room with the best speakers in the Toastmasters world. You're talking about, we started from 30,000 and now we're down to the top 10. This is the best of the best. So I was in the audience kind of in awe of just the, the caliber of the speakers that were, right. that were there. And at times I was so enthralled 
and and rapture by these amazing speeches that I forgot that I was competing. Oh my (laughs) gosh, I know. And it's so motivating and inspiring, all the messages. Yes, this is like, if you're a serious speaker and you really love Toastmasters, ultimately we all want to be the world champion. And I had been to the 2015 World Championship of Public Speaking when Muhammad Katani won, beautiful person. Oh, I love Muhammad Katani. But he won in 2015 and I was there in Vegas to watch him so to fast forward three years and then I'm competing, it was like, oh, my God. So when they call my name and I have footage of the, 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 the moment on Facebook, I just got up and I ran to my cousin who was there supporting me in Chicago. And I just hugged him. He was like, I told you, I told you you had it. I, it was just like so I was floating. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, that moment <laughs> when you're just like, oh, my gosh it happened you know when you see it happening someone else and then you see it happening to yourself it's a surreal moment that's amazing and then how how was it afterwards what happened after that so it was a lot of a lot more than you were expecting in terms of your uh exposure oh my god i was i was flooded with emails from from all over the world and Prior to winning, I had only been to Denmark one time. I hadn't been out the country. Well, you know what? I had been to Denmark and Ghana. I studied abroad in Ghana. So I had only left the country twice with the exception of Canada, which is still connected to the States. So I was getting all types of requests from Dubai to Abu Dhabi to Oman and Qatar and Sri Lanka and all these places. I'm like, whoa, because you don't get a, you don't get a manual. They don't hang you a manual and say, here, this is what happens when you become a world champion. And so I was inundated with all these emails from all over. And I was just, I was, I was like, yes, I'm going. Yep. Yep. Yes. Yes. And that's why I resigned from teaching because I'm not going to miss out on these opportunities to travel the world and speak and, and share my gifts and inspire others. And I'm not going to limit myself to a classroom. So yes, I just said yes to everything. Amazing. <laughs> you have a gift. You have an absolute gift. And it's, um, I'm so happy and so proud to see a woman of color doing this. And really, I mean, it was such an effective, beautiful message. The message was still standing, right? No matter what Mm -hmm. happens, you're going to be able to get through whatever you put yourself through. And now you're all over the world. And um, what are you, is there something that you're working on currently that you like to share? Well, I have my ebook, uh, World Champions Guide to Public Speaking, 10 Optimal Tips to Master the Art of Public Speaking. I have my 10-day speakers challenge for new speakers. And of course, I still coach with people who are wanting to improve their public speaking or, or to write speeches. I'm getting, it's, it's a district season, uh, district conference season right now. So I'll be in Chicago, Boston, and Toronto in the next couple of months giving keynotes at those district conferences. And aside from that, I don't really have anything major that I'm working on at the moment. That's wonderful. Now, all of those are amazing things. And you're still talking and inspiring people. Thank you so much for joining and sharing your story. You really showcase something important that I want the listeners to really pay attention to, which is going with something that you're you're naturally good at, that something that you can feel that's it's a gift, right? And Ramona, you felt that gift from from youth. And you were able to move that forward in those moments. Can you just share at that moment when you make that decision to go with something, you know, that's innate, how is it that you make that choice to make 
a, a scary decision, like maybe leaving your job. How do you do that? It was very scary, but I have learned myself enough to be tapped in, tuned in and turned on to the direction that I, that I need to go. And I knew that I would have a greater impact with traveling the world than kind of secluding myself and limiting myself to 198 students per year. And plus, teaching was never my passion. <laughs> I never I didn't go to school for education. I went to school for public relations and marketing. So that wasn't really my field of choice or, or something that I had interest in doing. And so there was a time where I sat in the classroom during my planning period, my planning time when those students are there. And I cried because I was struggling. I was battling with this idea of leaving this secure position and jumping into entrepreneurship. So I think it's a, a, a matter of knowing that you know that you know and having this reassuring, nagging feeling on the inside of you that you have to do it or you'll never do it. Right, right. And then that nagging feeling, sometimes you might have individuals who maybe they mean well, but they re they they reinforce that nagging feeling. How do you handle that? When they reinforce the negative feeling, yeah. when they say, no, don't do that, don't do that. Yeah. Well, that's when you have to look at where you are in your life. At that time, I was, what, just turned 30. I hadn't experienced a lot in my life. I didn't have a lot to lose. I wasn't married. I didn't have any, I didn't own a home or anything. And my son was five, but I wasn't married to his dad. So, you know, we were co-parenting. So at that point, I didn't have anything to lose. I could take that risk to risk it all and travel the world and then come back and, and find a job. So you have to kind of assess where you are in life. If you are someone who is married with children and you have a business and you have a career and you're planted and you can't, it, it would hurt more than it would help. It would hinder more than it would help. Then no, don't, don't do it. But if you are in a position to take that risk and if you're okay with, uh, with taking the risk of, letting go of everything and then kind of having to rebuild afterwards, depending on how it goes, then I say go for it. But I would never just say drop everything and, and, and be selfish and, and do it selfishly. But you have to figure out what's more important to you. Do you want to die with these with this music still inside of you? Do you want to disappoint yourself? Do you want to disappoint your family? You really have to know who you are when you make these tough decisions. Yes, that's such a poignant way to say it. Do you want to die with this music still inside you? That is really uh, pointing out that we're, we all come with this intrinsic value or talent, something that really lights a fire in us, right? And sometimes we aren't so fortunate that we figure it out early when we're young, but there's some essence, something that sparks that when we get close to something we really enjoy truly and authentically. And everything that you're saying makes perfect sense. You have to, of course, make assessments on risk, right? But if it's something that's feasible, then as you did, you jumped, you didn't even, um, I mean, I'm sure you had to agonize a little bit with it, but it was like a whirlwind. You had an opportunity winning this amazing competition. And now suddenly everyone in the world wants to hear your message. And that is a really amazing way for you to expand and offer that music, which is what you're saying. That is the music within us, right? That we share that. Yeah. Definitely. And, and a lot of us never hear 
or we never listen to that inner voice. And a lot of us leave this place physically and we've had, we, we have so many things that we wanted to do and so many things that we wanted to accomplish. And for me, even if I hadn't won in 2018, at least I knew that I tried and maybe it was, wasn't for me, but at least I can leave this place knowing that I tried and I gave my best effort. And to the people who are striving to win the world championship, know that Toastmasters is not the only route to become a great speaker. That is not the only path. That is not the only avenue because only a select, it's only one every single year. Right, right. <laughs> so yes, exactly. Don't, <laughs> yeah, don't limit yourself to Toastmasters. There are many other contests. Now you can be your own world champion on TikTok or Instagram or, or YouTube. So do not limit yourself to one uh, organization in order for you to reach your dream. That's absolutely correct. And that's spoken like a true entrepreneur. You have to find different ways to get to the goals that you're actually rooting in and working so hard for, right? Yes, completely agree with that. A lot of people get discouraged when they lose or when they don't get the outcome that they worked so hard for. But a lot of times you put all your eggs in one basket and you don't ever put all your, don't do it. I mean, sometimes it works out. Luck plays a lot in so many things. But never put all your eggs in one basket. See what other contests are out there. See what other speaking opportunities are out there. Put yourself out there on social media because half of us are not consistent with our content, which is why we never get to where we want to go. But don't don't be the person who is wishing and hoping and, and putting all your fire. What is it? All the irons in, in the fire or something like that? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a phrase. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm don't put all your those. irons in the fire or something <laughs> like that. But the, the same way with investing, you have to diversify your portfolio. Do the same yes. thing with whatever dream you have. Yes, yes. And I and I think the one thing that I, I love the most about all of this is it's that positive energy that's what attracts us to this. We're spreading a good, positive message to all the people we know out there really need to be uplifted because let's be honest here. It's a tough world. It's a tough world. And the service that you're doing, sharing your message, I really appreciate it. Ramona, I want to thank you again so much for being on the show. And um, I'm very excited for all of your future successes. Thank you. Thank you for this platform. And I'm, I'm so happy that you're able to give us a voice and to give us a, a platform where we can share. So thank you so much. And I hope you can remain consistent and bring on great people and great guests and give the people who feel like they don't have a voice a voice. So thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, take care. No problem. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning into the Career Path Angel Show with Angel Mary. Something you want to hear Angel talk about on the show? Contact Angel through Instagram or TikTok to let her know. Hit subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode and be sure to share it with your friends. Till next time, stay confident, stay positive, and never give up.